All the major news stories made simple and easy for your listening pleasure. We'll break it down for you in keywords. For this segment, we're joined by Adam. Good morning. Happy Friday, Lena. Happy Friday. A sigh of relief? A little yeah. bit. Some yeah. weeks are a little longer. Always a sigh of relief when it comes to the end of the week. Right? Do you think the rain didn't help? It was very confusing. What is with the rain? <laughs> I mean, this week, I mean, it reminds me of England, literally. I mean, yeah. the sun shines and then rain still falls. And, and it's like it happens simultaneously and you're yeah. looking at the sky guy thinking how is that even possible yeah and then it comes for like what mm-hmm. 10 minutes then half an hour and then mm-hmm. it stops again and then mm-hmm. is it going to come again no it doesn't yes it does it's and just knowing like... my luck i buy an umbrella it stops raining <sighs> yeah i also had to push many cars in one yeah. really crowded parking lot in yeah. that rain when oh, it was dang. pouring that was, oh, that was uh, not fun no that would have been very clean and nice and, and <laughs> <laughs> you know the problem is according to the kma at least this yeah. is not the monsoon season our monsoon really? is later it's going to start in july wow <laughs> it's usually around this time let though, that isn't settle it? in for a while <laughs> something about the cold atmospheric yeah. pressure keeping the monsoon low 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 and it's yeah. going to ascend to like mainland South Korea. Each year the climate just changes, all those yeah. usual traditional right. kind of monsoon periods and right. uh, hot periods and cold periods. It's all over the place now. And confusing. we may continue to break records as we've suggested yesterday. Uh, all right. Mm. We'll probably cover it on QR News too. Yeah. Uh, speaking of which, this is our first pick of the day. Pfizer and Moderna warning. Uh, The U.S. is adding a warning to the COVID vaccines produced by Pfizer and Moderna about the rare risk of developing inflammatory heart conditions, recognizing the more serious side effects of the mRNA vaccine so far. So what's the latest? Yeah, a CDC safety panel has determined there is a likely association between the Pfizer and Moderna shots and uh, cases of myocarditis and pericarditis in vaccine recipients. Now, myocarditis is marked by inflammation of the heart muscle, while pericarditis uh, involves inflammation of the membrane surrounding the heart. But anyway, both are related to heart inflammation. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, the side effects have been occurring in adolescents and young adults, particularly in people 30 and younger. Uh, the FDA warning likely will note that there may be a risk of developing the two conditions within a week after receiving a second dose of either the Pfizer or Moderna shots. It'll also likely add that most cases appear to resolve themselves, though long-term effects are still unclear. So they are stressing that it is rare Mm-hmm. And even if it does occur, uh, then you will get better soon. Mm-hmm. Um, as, mm-hmm. Yeah, and because the conditions are rare, that is something to note. There's more than 1,200 cases under investigation as of June 11th among more than 150 million people who have either uh, received the Pfizer or Moderna vaccine. So that is very rare in proportion. Um, 11, uh, sorry, the CDC has found that more cases occurring after the second shot of an mRNA vaccine as well. Mm. Uh, meanwhile, in Korea, uh, health authorities here say there have been no such reactions from either the Pfizer or Moderna vaccines yet. It's important for the country to address uh, this mm. concern because come next month, which is literally right around the corner, these yeah. are the vaccine options that mm. we'd be also implementing too. Yeah, and they're basically explaining right. that uh, that may... The the reason why right. there hasn't been any reports of such reactions is because these mRNA shots being administered, they're mostly to the older population. So mm. just statistically, it's less likely for the younger people because they haven't received the mRNA vaccine. They usually go for the AstraZeneca or Janssen ones. That's uh, that's why for the time being. Yeah, for the time being. But as you said, once more of these doses apply uh, and come into the country and are applied to the younger population. Right. 
Uh, fingers crossed, hopefully we don't see uh, too much of this uh, adverse right. reaction, but right. it could be inevitable. Yeah. All right, we'll leave it there for now on to our second keyword of the day. Variant cases. Uh, something that is of concern in Korea is a rise of variant cases, and health officials are urging for vigilance. Yeah, the woes over these variant cases uh, came as Korea is set to ease social distancing from next month, mm. so it's of particular concern at the moment. Uh, the Delta variant, of course, is the main concern globally, but the number of related cases in Korea are actually still relatively low. Uh, KDCA Commissioner Chung Eun-kyung said the Delta variant is at an initial stage of entering the country with the confirmed cases of the variant at nearly 200. Uh, to help contain the spread of the virus variants, the government is considering booster shots to better fight COVID-19 amid uncertainty over the global vaccine supply. There has been kind of this uh, will they or won't they over these booster shots. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, other than Delta, the other main variants, Alpha, Beta and Gamma, uh, they've all been reported in the country as well. So it's not just the, uh, the Delta variant. The Alpha variant is actually the dominant strain at the moment. In uh, the country. In the country, accounting for 85% of new cases. And then it's followed by the Delta variant. Uh, the number of variant cases in Korea currently stands at some 2,200. Uh, the KDCA thinks the actual number is much higher, of course, and there's always concerns over uh, even more transmissible Delta Plus variant. Uh, that's a concern around the world. It hasn't entered Korea yet, nor no reports of it in Korea yet. But again, uh, I think time will tell Mm -hmm. if there is going to be a report of that such case. Mm. And even the Delta variant itself uh, is looking to be on the rise. You know, we do sound like broken records in certain parts, but it's mm. because I think fundamentally it hasn't changed. The yeah. rate at which we, I think, speed up the vaccination process is also important in mm. addressing these different kinds of variants, right? Yeah. On to our third keyword of the day. People Power Party spokesmen. <laughs> There's so much buzz around this. Or it, women. <laughs> actually, yeah, yeah, that's a fair point because there were both men and women of mm-hmm. all ages vying for the spot. Uh, turning to local politics now, the main opposition People Power Party has been trying to revamp its image with the new young leader. And now it's going to pick new spokesperson through a pretty unconventional way, a rare debate tournament that kind of looks and sounds like an audition process. Right, kind of re- uh, one of those audition programs. Yeah, like, uh, who's going to be your next K-pop star, but <laughs> yeah. it's like who's going to be your next PPP spokesperson. Yeah, not quite the uh, the glamorous appeal. No, but uh, not even close. But uh, something to watch, something uh, popcorn worthy, I think, yeah. nonetheless. Uh, the party has been conducting a three-week-long public audition to recruit uh, two chief and two the deputy spokesperson. Uh, it's part of a series of campaign promises uh, that the new leader, Lee Jun-suk, made uh, running for the party leadership. Uh, he has touted the new method of picking uh, the party spokespeople as a means to facilitate a change of culture in the Conservative Party mm. and to give fair opportunities to party members as opposed to the usual hand-picking of spokespeople uh, by a party leader. Mm. Uh, the online debate tournament is open to uh, uh, those aged 18 or above. Applicants are required to submit a short self-written commentary on three subjects that have been chosen by the party mm-hmm. along with a video clip showing them reciting the commentary. Of course, if mm-hmm. you're a spokesperson, <laughs> it's best that uh, you recite the commentary <laughs> clearly and clearly concisely and, sure. and well-delivered. <laughs> um, uh, between the 18th and 22nd, there were 546 applicants. That means the odds of getting picked are 141 to 1. So it is quite competitive, actually. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, those in their 20s and 30s account for more than 73% of total applicants, so Mm. it is uh, targeting 
the younger population. Uh, mm-hmm. The list mm-hmm. has been narrowed down to 100 people. Mm-hmm. 16 will be chosen after an interview with the party chief directly. Mm-hmm. Uh, the last 16 will then hold a debate on Sunday. And then going forward, the numbers will be reduced down in a kind of a tournament format, like the tournaments you see in, uh, say, the World Cup, for example. You have the last 16, yeah. then the quarterfinal, the semifinal, and then the finals. It's precisely like that. Yeah. It is like an audition program. This is why there is so much focus on it. I exactly. think it's, it's so inherently different from anything else we've yeah. seen out of any political parties. It certainly is interesting. I don't know why yeah. they're doing it for spokespeople. I think they should do it for the actual party chiefs. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to touch that. Because <laughs> a similar method is done for the president, right? Yeah, this televised is true. debates and stuff like right, that. Right. And, uh, I mean, they did stuff. have televised debates in which the public <laughs> did have uh, their fair share right. of say. Yeah. But anyhow, that's an interesting thought. <laughs> it could potentially get also really messy and rowdy and I think if they chose every single position this way (laughs) it might just be a lot of noise I mean politics is dirty and messy anyway I mean what's one more I guess (laughs) (laughs) but that was an interesting thought process thanks for sharing (laughs) on to our fourth keyword of the day Florida building collapse. I suppose I do have to adjust my tone for this. Mm. Uh, Turning to the United States now, an intense search and rescue effort is underway in South Florida, where an apartment collapse has left almost 100 people unaccounted for. We did report on, Mm -hmm. uh, well, a death toll. Uh, What's the latest out of uh, the state of Florida? Yeah, uh, U.S. media reports uh, are reporting that at least three people have died so far and up to 99 people are missing. Mm. Uh, Of course, the numbers do vary across reports. Uh, The 12-story Champlin Town Tower South partially collapsed in the southern Florida's Miami-Dade County early Thursday morning. 55 of the 136 units are said to have collapsed. Uh, Only a couple dozen occupants, including those injured and killed, have been pulled from the rubble. Mm. Uh, Authorities say the building collapsed at around 1 a.m., meaning the building was likely filled with sleeping residents, uh, and there are fears that the death toll could rise. Uh, the Miami-Dade Fire Rescue said it has sent more than 80 units to the scene. Multiple police and fire departments from across Miami-Dade County uh, have been deployed to assist in the search and rescue efforts. Uh, people in neighbouring buildings have also been evacuated to a nearby recreational mm-hmm. centre. Mm-hmm. Uh, officials remain concerned about a secondary collapse as search and rescue efforts are underway. A storm also hit the area, further complicating uh, rescue efforts. It's not exactly yet known what caused the collapse. There are some conspiracy theories in place. Uh, Some people are saying because the building is a bit outdated, it was Mm -hmm. built in the 1980s. Some people are blaming a construction project that was happening on the roof. uh, And also the climate, I think, is so close to Miami, Florida, right? Right. Uh, The humidity there. Should they have been more safety precautions? But Mm. as you've said, these are all just leads that are being speculated online. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't the whole building it was right. literally about half of the right. building that collapsed which um, made it a bit peculiar I think so uh, so there has been kind of suspicions of maybe yeah the building's not really holding up anymore and mm-hmm. needs to be updated mm-hmm. or renovated mm-hmm. or rebuilt for that matter uh, but yeah but research and, inst- and investigations are underway so I guess time will tell on what the cause is alright on to our fifth keyword of the day Apple Daily Closure. 
Moving on to Hong Kong now, the island's largest pro-democracy paper, Apple Daily, has announced its closure. It seemed to be incredibly emotionally charged Mm -hmm. uh, in a blow, of course, to media freedom in the city. What's the latest? Yeah, certainly media freedom is certainly something that's uh, kind of dying down in Hong Kong, especially after China's uh, national security law that was enforced uh, recently. Uh, Apple Daily had become a leading critic of the Hong Kong and Chinese leadership, and the tabloid's offices were actually raided last week over allegations that several reports had breached this controversial national security law, mm. which is basically a law that's trying to uh, crack down on dissidents, according to the Western world anyway. Uh, police detained uh, the chief editor and five other executives, in fact, and company-linked assets have also been frozen. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Apple Daily management said that in view of staff members' safety, it had decided to cease operation immediately uh, after midnight, making Thursday's publication the final printed edition. So it's so a Friday today. Uh, uh, the time difference isn't that much. So, yeah, it's mm-hmm. as we speak now, the paper is uh, no longer. Uh, the digital version of the 26-year-old paper also will no longer be updated Um, Mm. The tabloid has long been a beacon of media freedom in the Chinese-speaking world and is widely supported by political uh, dissidents in Hong Kong. Mm. Uh, The closure also comes after sustained pressure on the paper from the authorities. But Chinese officials have repeatedly said media freedoms in Hong Kong are respected, uh, but not uh, absolute. So... Uh, they're not kind of denying the fact they have been pressuring uh, Apple Daily. But how much pressure is clearly uh, mm. debatable depending on where you're on that spectrum. Exactly. Uh, mm. And the Apple Daily founder, Jimmy Lei, uh, who has long been a, a mm. critic of the Chinese Communist Party, has actually already, he's already in jail on a string of charges as well. So it was only a matter of time before that paper started to disintegrate uh, out of the employee safety, for that matter. And of course, as this has brung a lot of uh, de- criticism, UK foreign uh, Secretary Dominic Raab said the paper's closure was a chilling blow to freedom of expression in Hong Kong. Mm-hmm. US President Joe Biden expressing similar sentiment. He said it was a sad day for media freedom, adding that it signaled intensifying repression by China. Uh, that creates a Another ammunition for Joe Biden mm-hmm. uh, to kind of conjure up the allies to mm-hmm. group up against China's. Uh, and it uh, seems like reign. it would be a fight against well the ideologies that the two di- right. very different countries stand for. Because mm. at the forefront is you're talking about U.S. and China, and then mm. the rest of the allies who would agree with the de- democratic mm. way to run things. Yeah. Oh boy! All right, we'll leave it there for now. <laughs> Thank you so much. We're going to move on to our sixth keyword of the day. On thin ice. Those were the words of German Chancellor Angela Merkel on the pandemic situation in Europe. Her remark came as EU leaders discussed a stronger response to the pandemic. What's the latest? Yeah, certainly is a, a bit of a mixed kind of mm. signal coming out of the EU. There's been a drop in cases and vaccinations are on the rise. But then this whole Delta variant and variant cases rising is also causing concern. Uh, one of those who are particularly concerned is the German ca- uh, Chancellor. She made the comments in what could actually be her last government statement ahead of uh, the EU. EU summit in Brussels. Uh, Merkel noted that the number of COVID-19 cases in the EU continues to decline while vaccination rates climb, so she's kind of signaling to uh, a cautious optimism. Mm. Uh, But even though there is a reason to be hopeful, the pandemic isn't over, in particular in the world's poor countries. She said, she added that Germany and Europe were also still moving on thin ice and that the bloc needed to remain
remain vigilant, especially with these rising variant cases. Uh, EU health officials uh, have predicted that the Velta variant uh, could make up to 90% of all new cases across the block by the end of August. Mm-hmm. We mentioned this yesterday. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, the Chancellor also spoke out strongly against suspending patent protection for coronavirus vaccine manufacturers. Uh, Merkel says she backed increasing the production of vaccines for poorer countries through increased licensing. Uh, this alludes to the whole intellectual property rights mm-hmm. uh, argument uh, that's been... Uh, been popping up lately. To waver that essentially. Right. Uh, EU leaders insisted on the need to continue vaccination efforts uh, and to be vigilant and coordinated with regard to developments, particularly the emergence and spread of variants. So the EU leaders seem to be expressing similar sentiment to the German Chancellor. Uh, that mm. statement came after Germany pressed actually for EU countries to form some sort of joint position on quarantines for travellers from areas where name variants are particularly prever- uh, prevalent. Mm. There's been kind of tensions between Germany and the UK because mm. Angela Merkel kind of singled out Britain and saying oh, let's keep everyone from Britain outside the rest of Europe mm. so that kind of created a little bit of tension uh, and EU leaders also praised the adoption of COVID-19 certificates ahead of the summer holiday season uh, with many calling for its coherent implementation uh, across the block mm. these certificates have been also a very controversial it seems that way um, issue in in uh, Europe and interestingly if, do we have time no we don't have time but anyway I'll Next week. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for the cliffhanger. Looking forward to it. Have a safe weekend, Adam. We'll see you next Tuesday. See you next Tuesday. If you're listening to our program using the podcast service, just a reminder that we do go live Monday through Friday, 7 a.m. Korea Standard Time. So tune in and help us make the show more informative by giving us your input. See you bright and early on Good Morning Seoul.